we're all kind of guilty of, of making the bad choices just because we didn't know any better until, you know, something brings it to light. And I didn't know any better until I did some of those lab testing, that lab test. And then I could see like, oh, that food's not great for me. Or hmm, maybe after a long day, I shouldn't go like crush it at the gym tomorrow or train for a marathon when I'm working a super stressful job because my body's just tapped out. And it's like, you know, bringing that information to light really helps and motivates you too. Welcome to the Calorie Conundrum Podcast with Coach Drick. Join us as we expand the weight loss conversation to beyond just calories and dare to ask the question, why does eating less and exercising more sometimes not produce the desired results? Here's Coach Drick to discuss this calorie conundrum. Hello and welcome to the Calorie Conundrum Podcast. This is Coach Drick. And on today's episode, I sit down with the holistic health boss, Jen Maleka. Jen is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner that supports busy, health-minded professionals in taking back control of their health by giving them access to the right lab tests and resources so they can find the missing pieces of their health puzzle. Using her vast experience in fitness training and health coaching, which includes overcoming her own health challenges, Jen creates personalized health rebuilding programs for clients that are realistic and sustainable for long-lasting results, empowering clients to be the boss of their own health. Listen in as Jen explains why sometimes diet and exercise isn't enough. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me here, Sean. I'm excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, so just like so many other practitioners, you have a story. Can you share your story with us? I think everybody has a story, right? Like, um, whether a practitioner or not, but a lot of us have gotten into the health space because of a, a personal story of, of some sort. And I'm no different. Um, I actually like actually got into the whole world of health just because of who I was as a person. Like I was always a kind of like an active kid growing up and kind of health minded in a sense, like, um, I would get up at 4am and ride my bike with my dad while he went running when I was like five years old <laughs> and we had a garden and like, we always had healthy food on the table, ate a lot of like chicken and broccoli type of thing. Um, and I was a kid that was like out, you know, playing out in the yard or in the street until the sun went down essentially. And so that kind of like innate, you know, like personality traits that I had led me to, go to college and pursue a degree in kinesiology. So the study of fitness, nutrition, and health, where I thought that I learned everything there was to know about health, right? Like I had a college degree and I set out my on my career path and I originally became a personal trainer and worked in like the corporate fitness industry for a while, like ended up moving up and running some big box gyms. And like you and I were just talking about before we jumped on here, like I ended up doing fitness competitions and trying to hack my body with diet and exercise. Cause that's been what's like been beaten into our heads so much, like, um, from the mainstream world is that, you know, health is, um, related to diet and exercise in order to like be healthy, you have to lose weight and you have to diet and exercise. So I tried probably every diet out there. I did carb cycling. I would eat every two hours. I would count my calories. And despite doing all of that 
quote unquote healthy things with diet and exercise, I still really struggled. Like I struggled to lose weight. I struggled to maintain my weight. Um, after I would do fitness competitions and those like really strict, like training regimens with the dieting and the exercise, my body would rebound really bad and I would put on weight. And then I started to notice like just other health things started to get decline and things got really wacky. Like I developed seasonal allergies that would get really severe and manifest into ear infections. It would take me out for days at a time. And kind of this like rock bottom moment for me was when I was diagnosed with skin cancer at the age of around the age of 24. And there was no family health history at all. Um, there was really no rhyme or reason as to why I had skin cancer. And, um, cause like when I would go to my annual physicals, like my blood work, like everything always looked perfect on paper. And my physician would literally tell me I was a picture of perfect health, but I didn't actually feel that way. So I started searching for answers, you know, and kind of questioning the status quo of what we're told around health and wellness and weight loss and all those things. And I stumbled upon, um, a training program called functional diagnostic nutrition and was introduced to the concept of functional lab testing and how that could be utilized to collect like clues and information, you know, pieces of your health puzzle to understand what's really going on in your body and then guide what you should be doing for diet and sleep and supplementation and stress reduction and toxins. And my body was a hot mess basically I had a lot of hormone imbalances and, um, I had a congested liver and I had really high oxidative stress and like all kinds of gut bugs and everything. And so it all made perfect sense as to how my body kind of cultivated cancer when I saw all this stuff on paper, but luckily I was able to utilize that information to change my lifestyle. And now I've been about 15 years, approximately skin cancer free. And, I'm about to turn 40 next year and I feel better at almost 40 than I ever did in my twenties, essentially. So it's been a really eye-opening experience. And I love sharing that story and that experience with others to show them what's possible for themselves, basically. So you talked about these lab tests and you said that, you know, when you went to your doctor, they ran blood work and it all came back perfect, mm -hmm. but yet you ended up with cancer. And then you ran these other tests and they showed up all kinds of information that you utilized yeah. to help you improve your health and so that you actually felt better. What What's the difference between the test that you took at the doctor and the test that you, the other test that you took? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of uh, the testing that we get in like the conventional world, it's all centered around blood testing, right? And blood testing can be helpful sometimes in a lot of ways, especially when we're looking at something like thyroid, for example, because you can really only test the thyroid looking at blood, but we can do other types of tests to look at the body from different like angles or perspectives, essentially. So a lot of the functional lab testing that I just referenced relies on um, saliva or stool or urine collection or like hair analysis is another one of them to actually take a deeper look at like the physiological aspects of what's going on in the body. So a deeper dive at the hormone system, the immune system, the detox, digestion, energy, and nervous system, because the body is like, it's this complex network of these systems that all work together essentially. And with this type of testing, you can kind of look at the body 
these different systems of the body in real time. Um, it's readily available information versus um, with blood testing, like it's kind of like this, it's the afterthought of what's happening in the body. So, you know, just to give you a real life example, like when we look at hormones on blood test, it, we're actually looking at what's called like the bound hormone value, which means that it's the byproduct or the waste product that's left over. It's not actually available for cellular use versus when we look at hormones on like a Dutch test, which is a urine sample, we're seeing the active available um, value of the hormone in the body. And these are actually both perspectives are great to look at, but like one can't solely rule out, you know, what might be going on inside of the body because there are two different perspectives and functions that are actually happening that can give us a lot of information, essentially. Um, also, like another great example is when we are doing blood testing, we're not actually able to see something like cortisol rhythm and balance because our cortisol values change throughout the day. And in order to see that change, we want to take different samples throughout the day. So it's not actually realistic to do um, blood testing for that specifically. And also because the cortisol has to be metabolized in order to get through the blood, it's not what's available in that moment. So something like urine or saliva testing for cortisol can actually give us a real-time snapshot of what's happening in that moment that we then can evaluate for different patterns and correlations related to somebody's health status, essentially. Okay. So could you tell us like some of the, like you, you had the diagnosis of, of cancer, but uh, what other symptoms are, how, how were you feeling at the time when you took, before you took all these tests and how specifically did you use that information and what did you change to improve your health from the information you, you gained from those tests? Yeah. Well, I mentioned, you know, the seasonal allergies, which were worsening over time, which is really odd for me. Like I just remember back then thinking how strange it was because I grew up in Northern California in a, like a farming area where there's a, a lot of pollen and stuff. Right. And then I came down to Southern California, went to college in San Diego and there's not all that pollen and stuff down here. And we get the ocean breeze that kind of cleanses the air in a way. So it was just really strange that that was happening that would, and it would manifest in these ear infections. But other things that I was feeling was um, like joint pain. So being somebody who was really physically active, um, I remember having knee pain and hip pain all the time. And again, this was in my twenties. It's not like I was old, but I just chalked it up to, oh, I'm training really hard or I'm a runner. So it's just natural to have like hip pain or knee pain. And I'll tell you, like, now that I've cleaned up my body, I don't have any of that pain or dysfunction physically anymore at all. Um, the other thing that was happening to me was I would get a double Americano after lunch <laughs> to try and boost my energy to train my clients in the afternoon and the evening times. And even though I was drinking all that caffeine, I would still be like, standing there, like trying to keep my eyes open <laughs> to be attentive to my clients. So I was just, you know, I didn't know what to call it at the time, but I was basically like chronically fatigued is what, what I know now, like as a practitioner. And I also started to develop chemical sensitivities. So back um, in the two thousands, before we had electronic, you know, booking calendars and links like we do now, when I worked at the gym, we had this huge, like master, uh, appointment book and it was blank. So as the like fitness manager, I had to sit down every month and fill out 
the appointment calendar with the dates and then put all the trainer schedule in there. And we would do that with a Sharpie marker. Oh my gosh. And right. Like, we've come so far with calendar systems now. How old are you again? I'm going to be 40. <laughs> I'm not that old, but, um, I got really nauseous and sick about 30 minutes into filling out the appointment book from the smell of the Sharpie marker because it's toxic. So it's a chemical sensitivity that I developed. And I, anytime I would walk into like a department store where, you know, the perfume section, I just, it was like a train would hit me. Like it would just give me a headache. I would feel brain foggy. And so those are the types of just like weird oddball things that were happening that I couldn't, I didn't have a name for it. And I would describe it to like my doctor and, you know, they would um, just write it off. They didn't know what to do with it either. Cause my blood work always looked perfect. And I also had a lot of like menstrual irregularities and things that happened um, early on in my um, teens. And I was like put on birth control, like instantly to regulate that such a band-aid for so many women out there. Um, and so, yeah, there was just a lot of like messy stuff that accumulated over time, basically. So what, uh, what, what did the test say, like the functional tests and what, how did you use that information and in, in, to make a decision to do fix all that stuff? Totally. So the first thing that was like, so eye opening to me was the diet part. So one of the tests um, that, that I did and that I now do with people that I work with was a food sensitivity test and then also a metabolic typing test. So food sensitivity tests look at like what foods are creating inflammation, you know, in your body, because you've got, you know, some gut digestive issue stuff going on. And then metabolic typing looks at, um, from a technical standpoint, it's looking at, are you more parasympathetic or sympathetic dominant? And are you a fast or slow oxidizer? So from a simplistic uh, perspective, what that means is how do you metabolize food? And based on how you metabolize food, you know, what type of balance of, of macronutrients do you need? Like the balance of protein, carbs, and fats at every meal. And then also what foods are most ideal for you. So for example, when I did this test, I was eating you know, boneless, skinless chicken breast all the time. Cause we're, you know, it's been ingrained in our head that like lean proteins are the best. Right. And this test showed me that dark meat chicken was better for me than white meat chicken because of the fat content that it has and the purines and that I actually do better with higher fat, higher protein, like richer types of proteins, basically meats and stuff like that. Another great example is like on the um, fruit scale, like my most ideal fruits is coconut and avocado and olive, which most people don't associate as fruits, but those are like full fat fruits. They actually don't really have any carbs. So I'm somebody that does better with less carbs and more fat and protein. And that was like the opposite of how I was eating. Cause I was just so focused on, you know, calories and, um, eating low fat and like all these things that we had been told over time. So utilizing this information, it really helped me figure out what foods were right for my body so that it could function at its potential. And as I like to say, like, there's a difference between eating healthy and eating right for your body, eating right for your body will incorporate healthy foods, but not every healthy food is right for your body. Like a banana, for example, we can all globally agree that a banana is a healthy food. It's very nutritious, right? 
But if you have a food sensitivity to a banana, or if you don't tolerate carbohydrates very well and sugars, that banana is not actually healthy for you. So it shifted my whole perspective on diet. And it also got me to realize that a lot of these diet approaches out there, like even paleo, autoimmune paleo, whole 30 are like incomplete approaches that we have to blend dietary styles to actually figure out what's right for a person because something like paleo or whole 30, um, or autoimmune paleo, those are elimination diets. So they eliminate certain foods, but they don't actually focus on macronutrient balance. Like, okay, now that we've eliminated those foods, what is the balance of proteins, fats, and carbs you should be getting in each meal that you're having? So I think it's very important to like blend some of these dietary concepts to figure out what's right for you. And it's worked really well for me and like all the clients that I've worked with in this type of case too. And then, you know, the other parts of this also was like, you know, looking at things like, um, my cortisol rhythm and my hormone imbalances were going, that were going on and realizing that I had stressed my body to the max. Like my cortisol was in the tank and a lot of people know cortisol is related to the stress, um, but it's also what gives us energy throughout the day. It's what regulates blood sugar. And I was just grinding my body into the ground. Like I think so many people can relate to this is I would get up in the morning. I would go hit the gym super hard. I would like run to the gym a mile away. I would do some Olympic type lifting, like basically like just shred my muscles. And then I would run home. I would go work a really long day and I would like eat inflammatory foods because I didn't know any better or not the right mixture of foods. Or maybe I'd go out and have like a couple glasses of wine and then not sleep so great and like turn around and do it the next day. So it really gave me this perspective of exercise intensity related to, you know, what was the state of, of health that your body was in and recognizing that like I was in a depleted state because I wasn't eating the right foods for my body or because I was really stressed out. And so this intense exercise that I was doing was just breaking my body down even more. So there was a period of time where I actually totally gave up lifting and running for an entire month. Like I made a commitment to myself to only do yoga and walking for 30 days. Um, after I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, which we didn't even get to that part of my story yet, but, um, that was one of that, one of that choice was like huge in helping me to make leaps and bounds and like getting my Hashimoto's into remission because I was giving my body a break from the intense exercise utilizing some of that lab testing just to see the state of balance or imbalance that my body was in essentially. So those are some, you know, examples of how I've used the testing to gain insights and then, then to make these conscious choices in order to support like the way that I wanted to feel and like recovering my health essentially. Great. So yeah, you covered uh, quite a few different topics that I would like to kind of highlight for the listeners. And one is, uh, you know, describing your story, you're, you're talking about all these symptoms that you had, mm -hmm. allergies, ear infections, joint pain, um, fatigue, uh, you know, sensitive to chemicals and smells and menstrual issues. And all those symptoms, a lot of people are having them and mm -hmm. they just think it's normal. Right. And 
And that's what I want to highlight is like, none of that stuff is normal. You should not be having any of these symptoms. And um, if you're having those symptoms, um, you should probably investigate uh, why, you know, um, like, like you said about your, your allergies, it's like, it makes no sense why you have allergies. You never had allergies in the past. Your family didn't have allergies. You didn't have allergies when you're in a, a high allergen place. And then all of a sudden you have all these allergies. That's an indication saying that there's something going on um, and you should investigate it. And you, like you said, you did, you went to the doctor and they said, oh, blood work looks great, <laughs> you know? And so uh, I just urge people to um, uh, know that those things aren't normal. And if, if you go to one doctor and they say, oh, everything's look, looking good and you know that you have all these symptoms and it's not good, then you should probably continue that investigation further somewhere down the road. Yeah. yeah. It's important. I love that you're bringing this up and emphasizing this for people because it is true. I mean, because these things have become so common, we kind of have accepted them as normal because, oh, well, everybody else is feeling this, or it's just normal that as we age, these things are going to accumulate and occur. But that's only because as we get older, the like, you know, burden on our body becomes greater and greater with the food choices and the sleep choices and the activities that we participate in, the toxins that we get exposed to that, that just accumulates over time that breaks down our health that then as we age, we see this accumulation of stuff that's going on, but that doesn't mean that you have to live that way. Right. And I mean, a lot of the clients that I work with are much older than I am. And they've gotten to this point where their kids are out of the house or they're ready to focus on themselves because their career are set. And we're like turning back time for them by reversing a lot of these symptoms and things that they've been experiencing forever. And it's like, you know, I say that because I also want people to know that it's never too late either, you know, to like really address what's going on. And, and that's possible. I like to say I'm in the business of making the impossible possible. <laughs> but, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I was, I was working with, uh, I was working as a personal trainer, you know, and a lot of these concepts are hard to uh, integrate into a personal training session. And that's eventually why I ended up leaving personal training. Cause I was like, I just couldn't get all this information to them. Um, and one, one day I was working with this older gentleman and after weeks of working with him and he, he, he was understanding what I was saying. He, he was picking up what I was putting down, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, if one day eventually he just said, so what you're, what you're really trying to sell here, Sean, is you're trying to sell me on hope. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's it. I'm selling you on hope like this, that, you know, like it's possible to change these things and improve your health. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to age, that's another pet peeve that we talk about quite a bit on this podcast is that, like you said, a lot of times the age is just the accumulation of you doing things wrong for 30 years. And then all of a sudden something breaks and you're like, oh, my back hurts because I'm old. Well, it's no, because your back hurts because you were sitting on the couch for 30 years, not doing anything for your core and you're eating, you know, poor food and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, like you said, it's never too late, but it's a lot easier to start earlier and not to go 30 years doing it the wrong way, you know. Uh, before you decide that you need to change something. So I think that's an important point. Exactly. And like, it's like, we're all kind of guilty of it, right? Like we only know 
like what we know in that moment. So it's not to like, you know, for people out there that are listening and going crap, like, you know, I've been making bad decisions. I made a lot of bad decisions. Right. And that's where it got to the point though, where I was like, this is unacceptable. Like I can't like settle for this anymore. This is not a way to like live life. There's gotta be something else for me here. And um, reaching that point where you're ready to like, you know, do the work or investigate and like look for solutions that are outside of the box essentially. And um, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a breaking down of the existing structures and and thinking outside of what we've been told and and what has been, what we've been conditioned to think for a really long time. I mean, my mom, my stepmom was just recently diagnosed with breast cancer this year and um, we've caught it really early. She's doing really well, but like, I've been, you know, doing this work for 10 years now and they don't really like, you know, they, they, they've been slow to catch on to like the changes, but now that she has, you know, a pretty like critical diagnosis in a way, like it's something a little severe. I'm really proud of her for, you know, taking things in her own hands. She's been doing a keto diet and changing their lifestyle to, um, change the trajectory of what her future looks like. You know, it's like sometimes people need that traumatic event, um, to make the change and make it feel important. But, um, ultimately like we're all kind of guilty of, of making the bad choices just because we didn't know any better until, you know, something brings it to light. And I didn't know any better until I did some of those lab testing, that lab test. And then I could see like, Oh, that food's not great for me. Or, Hmm. Maybe after a long day, I shouldn't go like crush it at the gym tomorrow or train for a marathon when I'm working a super stressful job. Cause my body's just tapped out. Um, and it's like, you know, bringing that information to light really helps and motivates you too. Yeah. And so I was going to bring that up. I'll, I'm coming back to, I'm going to circle back to that, but, um, <laughs> the point about like, the point I want to make is like, you don't have to wait for a breaking point to change. Mm-hmm. You know, you can decide to change your life before you get cancer, um, before something breaks in your body. And when you, when you start researching this stuff and you start learning more and you start ha- having more information, you have more resources. Mm-hmm. And so you have more options when you are invested in learning and knowing more information about this stuff. And so when, when it comes to a cancer diagnosis, your options are very small. They went from, you know, you could have been learning anything about health to now we got cancer and we got to do something about this. And, it, and it's funny that you should say that because my, my mom's in the same exact situation. And um, I'm, I'm proud of her because before this last, uh, basically since 2020, she's, she's lost weight and she's tried to improve her health, but, you know, it's, it wasn't enough. And um, she ended up with a diagnosis herself. And so um, it's kind of one of those things like it's hard to go from doing a lot of things wrong to doing everything right. And there's a there's a big gap there. And in, in my mom's situation, like that gap is too big to even fathom thinking about doing when when the diagnosis comes, you know. Um, and so it's like, there's a lot of things I could be telling her. And I, I told her a couple of things, but it's not like, I'm just going to sit here and like, Hey, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. You need it. Cause I guess she's going to be excess stress that she doesn't really need. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you're already on that path, 
you only can do so much, um, you know, stuff for your health. But if you're not doing any of that stuff, mm -hmm. then just adding even a couple things is going to be like a big hurdle to come over, you know? Right. So anyway, I'd <laughs> that, you know, to that point, the second part of my health story is when I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and because we had mold in our house for, I don't know how long that, um, we finally discovered. And I had, I was already a functional health practitioner at that point in time. So I was doing a lot of the right things, but the constant exposure to the mold that I didn't know about just accumulated over time and created this burden on my body where all of a sudden, like I put on 15 pounds over two years and couldn't figure out why. And like, I started having cystic acne and like all these like other health things started popping up again. But here's the part that to your point is that once I did figure it out, once we found the mold, once I figured out that I had Hashimoto's, I was able to turn it around so quickly. Like I was in remission within six months, which is unheard of for a lot of people. And the reason why was because I had already made a lot of the shifts. I was on a healthier path already. I had a solid foundation. And so it was just making like a few little tweaks um, to specifically support that Hashimoto's type of complex that allowed me to restore the balance ultimately. Right. And so this yeah. is like, and like I tell people all the time, I'm like, life continues to happen. Like you can't, I couldn't have never predicted like that we were going to have mold and who knows we'll have it in the future or something, or, you know, when you can't predict traffic, like these like health things are going to like possibly happen, but it's all about like, what are you doing every day to build a strong, to maintain or build a strong foundation um, to work towards prevention so that when those things happen, you like that distance, like you said, is like shorter, right? Like it's a shorter distance to make the, the pivots or the changes that you need to make to get your body back on track, essentially. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing that because that's exactly what I'm, what I'm saying here. Yeah. It's like, first of all, like you, you knew you, you had the correct test to get the diagnosis and find out what's wrong with yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you knew what mold was like people don't even know what that you know like that's a, a thing that a lot of people don't even know exists you know and so you just having that information and the resources to people that do have that information you're so far ahead of the game uh, a lot of a lot of times with something like your case that you're describing um, someone has uh, they start having these issues and they go to the doctor and they run a TSH and it, they say oh your thyroid's fine and then they go for another year down the road, they come back and say, oh, your thyroid's kind of looking wonky now. Let's give you some medication and then give you medication. And it's five, you know, five, six years down the road and they're really bad now. And, you know, they've dug themselves a really deep hole that it's going to be really hard to get out of, especially if they're not living in the right way. Mm -hmm. um, but you had the resources and knowledge to be able to, you know, make the, make the, you know, figure out what was the issue and then make the, you know, decisions to make the change to uh, yeah. overcome all that stuff. And ultimately the desire to not settle for the way I was feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, a lot of the clients that I work with that come to me, like they've been diagnosed with some type of thyroid imbalance, whether it's Hashimoto's or just hypothyroidism, they're on thyroid medication. And regardless of taking the thyroid medication, they still feel like crap. And they're like, it's the desire to like, they don't necessarily know all the things that I know about mold and like, you know, adrenals and gut and liver and all this other stuff, but they 
what is what they do have is the desire to feel different that they're like i don't want to live like this i don't want to feel like this every single day you know so then they go seeking um the resources and the answers to like what is going on and then they end up finding people like us that can help them through that process you know yeah that, that's a message that i've had theme throughout my podcast is that um if you have an issue um keep searching like there's somebody out there that has either had it before or, or is able to help you through it and if you like you said if you have the will to find that answer you can find it if you keep keep looking yeah. uh, one thing i would like to circle back to is um the comment you made about um uh, like working really hard and uh like basically just you know drilling yourself into the ground like because you're working so hard and like a grind mode was that what i wrote down here grind mode and it's like people um underestimate the amount of torture we can put on our body and mm -hmm. keep keep moving keep functioning oh, yeah. um people can be really bad off health-wise and still go to work still mm -hmm. get up still run the kids around and whatever but they can be really bad off health-wise and so um a lot of times the grinding is part of the issue right it it's, is that part of the issue yeah it's, <laughs> it's another stress on the body and yeah. so you're talking about mold you're talking about allergies you're talking about all these things that are kind of external um but pushing hard and pushing through is another one of those stressors that that's the body has to you know accommodate for and it only can accommodate for so much before you start getting symptoms and then stuff starts breaking right and this is a really hard concept for people like me that are super a type like competitive like high achievers you know that um like i look at just my personality traits you know i like i kind of said earlier i was up early in the morning with my dad, like riding my bike when he was out running. Like I took all the advanced classes at school. Like I moved up in my career, like really quickly. Like I was just this like high performing, like individual. And so of course that's how I approached the gym and like everything in life. Yeah. And the example that I like to give that really, I think kind of helps people understand this is like, you know, think about the end of a work week. Like we're doing this interview on a Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. And most people like on a Friday after they've worked a really long and stressful week, you know, if they're young and single, they go meet their friends for happy hour or at the bar or whatever, which is what I used to do. And you like, you know, have quite a few drinks then you end up like, you know, your inhibitions are lowered. So your food choices are less ideal. You end up eating like gluten and cheese or whatever, you know, like the charcuterie board, um, these inflammatory foods and you had alcohol. So then, you know, and then you maybe end up staying up later as well too. you stay out. Right. And, um, and all this stuff disrupts your sleep. So like you get this like terrible night's sleep essentially. And then I just remember like the mindset that I was in. And I think most people, you know, again, can relate to this is I would wake up in the morning and kind of beat myself up over the choices that I made and had, you know, had been conditioned to think that it was all about calories in versus calories out. So I had to go to the gym and quote unquote, burn it all off. 
right? So I would go for a run or I'd go hit the weights. And in that state, my body was super depleted. It got a shitty night's sleep. Um, I ate inflammatory foods. I had alcohol and I had a, like a long, stressful week. And so normally exercise is good for us. Like when we exercise, our body responds to build strong bones and like muscle. Um, but there's like a breaking down of the tissues that happens in order for that repair and that strength, like that building to happen. So when we're exercising in an intense type of mode, um, when the body's in an already depleted state, cause it's nutrient deficient or it's sleep deprived, we're actually breaking it down more and it doesn't have the resources to fully recover. So over time, it's like, you know, you're taking two steps forward, but like five steps back, like you're just digging yourself a hole. And that's kind of how, where I found myself is that like, I was depleted from what was going on in my environment, from the food that I was eating, from the stress that was going on. Then I was hitting the gym, you know, super hard, working a stressful job. And my body like kind of broke, like it couldn't sustain all of that anymore. And you're right, Sean, like, our bodies will do anything that we ask it to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we should do it. You know, when we're tired or sick, like our body will go run or it'll go to the gym or it'll go to work, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we should, we need to like, it's our vessel for life. Like we need to take care of it and um, make choices that are adequate to the state that it's in. Exactly. And and that's the second time that you, finished the thought that I was having and that was about the exercise. And that's one of the reasons why I said like I left personal training is because people equate exercise as the answer to their health and fitness problems. And oftentimes that's the only thing that they do. (laughs) And there's so many other aspects to your health. There's so many other aspects to your weight loss than exercise. Mm -hmm. And um, if you're not paying attention to those other aspects, those foundation principles that you were talking about earlier, then exercise is probably just another stressor that's driving you deeper into the hole. That's going to be harder to dig yourself out of later. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's where like a lot of my clients come to me in that state, like they're CrossFitters or they're already very active, physically active individuals, but they're not actually getting the results that they are expecting to get from their physical activity because of all these other things that are going on. They're eating inflammatory foods. They're not sleeping great. Like, you know, I say like you can't out exercise or out diet, like a poor, you know, sleep routine or sleep quality. Like we have to learn to value sleep more than diet and exercise a lot of times, but that's not how the majority of people are perceiving it. Like they stay up late, burn the candle at both ends type of thing and hit the gym hard, you know, and then just eat whatever's like available. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, people are this the whole calorie in calorie out mentality is so pervasive through the fitness and health community that everything else is an afterthought yeah. as long as you're eating the right amount and you're exercising hard enough then you should be getting results and you should be healthy and um <laughs> oh, they just leave all the other stuff out you know it's not um, the case. And like, that's where, like, I really started to question that concept. Cause I was always in a caloric deficit. Like I was always in a caloric wow. deficit, like back in the day, I don't know if you ever heard of this thing, but cause I worked at 24 hour fitness. That's where I got started in the fitness industry. And they came out with this thing called the body bug. 
And the body bug was like a device, like a wearable device that you put on your arm and it had four sensors and there was all the science around it. And it would measure your calorie burn for the day, super specifically. And so then it, you know, came along with like a food tracker. So you would track your food and I was always in a caloric deficit, but I never lost weight. It's a broken system. It's a calculation and we could dive into the science of why it's a broken calculation, but I'm just going to leave it there for right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, uh, if, if, if the listeners have listened to the podcast, they they've got to that point that they need to focus on other things other than just calories in calories out. Not that that is completely worthless, but sometimes it can be, yeah. uh, especially when you're, you know, in a situation like we're describing here. Um, so I want to go back to one thing you said once again um, about um, the lab test. And th- this time um, I, I want to emphasize the value of the lab test. And that is, the lab test is a black and white proof that something's going on. Mm-hmm. And so like what you were describing earlier was like the cortisol thing. Um, so if you're, if you're in grind mode, um, like I said, you can push through and you can think you're fine uh, because you're able to go to work, wake up and go to work. Um, but, but the lab test isn't going to lie to you. <laughs> you might lie to yourself, but the lab test isn't going to lie. And so, uh, one of the benefits of these functional lab works, uh, te- one of these functional lab tests is that um, you can run it and it can tell you flat out, like your cortisol is tanked or your food sensitivities are off, you know, off the charts or whatever it is. Um, and you can't really deny it because it's right there in front of you. Um, can you speak on, on the value of the functional lab test in that manner? Yeah, it's information, right? So it's kind of like, you know, a double-edged sword at the same time, because once you know, you can't unknow what you saw. So you got to be ready to take action. If you're going to dive into some lab testing, I would say, um, what's the point in investing in something if you're not going to actually take action, but it does, it's, um, you know, like Reed Davis, who's one of my mentors, who's the founder of functional diagnostic nutrition. I love how he described it one time he was doing a presentation and he said, you know, it's like, if, um, if, there was a crime scene, like somebody robbed your house and the detective came and like looked in the basement in the attic, but didn't look in the living room. Like you're not collecting all the clues to actually solve the case. Right. So when we think about the, like the lab testing, um, it is, it's collecting as many pieces of the puzzle as possible. As I was saying earlier that, you know, the body is this complex um, network of systems, which is actually, you know, the opposite approach of what conventional medicine usually takes. Like you go to an endocrinologist for your hormones when actually your hormones are related to your, you know, digestive system and your immune system and your detoxification system. Like they're not taking this full spectrum look usually at what's going on because all these systems are interconnected. So the lab testing, specifically the functional lab testing helps us, like I said earlier, to take a look at these like physiological real-time aspects of what's going on in the body. And then we can look at the patterns and the correlations. So we collect as many clues and pieces of the puzzle as possible. And then we can start to put the puzzle together. Like we can look at, oh, hormones are 
you know, really low. And there's also like gut dysfunction going on. So you're probably not absorbing nutrients really well in order to even like support or make hormones. And your cortisol is also depleted, which downstream is going to mess up the rest of your, you know, hormones and your liver is congested and kind of messy. So maybe that's why your thyroid is off because majority of your thyroid hormone is converted in your liver and it's also converted in your gut. So we can collect this information and then look at that bigger picture to really figure out, you know, how that correlates back to the person and what's really going on to give guidance and direction on what are the things that you need to do in order to restore balance. So all the systems can actually like work well together, basically. Yes. (laughs) Uh, uh, Thank you for that. Uh, So uh, I wanted to ask like, if, uh, if I was someone that was doing uh, all the stuff, the, you know, conventional stuff, people tell you to do lose weight. Mm -hmm. I was watching what I was eating. I actually learned, I even learned that it matters what you eat and you should probably be eating healthier foods than not healthier foods. I've been exercising. I've been taking, you know, the high intense class or whatever. I've been working out. I haven't been missing workouts. I've been consistent, um, but I haven't been losing weight. Maybe I have symptoms uh, other than that, like what you described earlier. Maybe I don't, but I've been doing this. Like I've been really genuinely trying to lose weight. Uh, and I ha- haven't been able to lose weight and I, and I meet you at a dinner party and I learned that you're a, a health coach. What would you do? What would you tell me to do to make it so that I could lose weight? Yeah. So, um, what I would specifically focus on is kind of like the concept that we we've been talking about here and it's hard to, I guess, you know, there's a lot of detail that we could go into here, but I'll just kind of sum it up. So yeah, one summary you know, figuring out what foods are right for your body so it can function at its potential, like I said earlier, because there's a difference between eating healthy and eating right for your body. And so if you've been eating healthy, but you're not getting the results from eating healthy, then, you know, maybe that means that you're not eating right for your body, for example. So we can do some of the tests, like the food sensitivity test, metabolic typing test to look at that and get the information around that to figure out what is right for your body. And then it's like, finding those other missing pieces of your health puzzle, using the functional lab testing. Like, you know, when people are doing all the things, but they're not getting results, like I say that there's gotta be something going on underneath the hood. Um, It's like, you know, people who are active and they eat, let's say a paleo diet already. And, you know, they're um, pretty decent about their sleep, but they're still stuck in this kind of way. I'm like, well, it's not that the diet maybe is ineffective, but there's something going on hormonally, digestively, detoxification wise underneath the surface that's rendering your, you know, your diet and your exercise and your sleep efforts, like ineffective essentially. So we want to look at some of these different, these different pieces. And then You know, the third thing that I'll just wrap it up with here is like learning how to tune into your body to give it exactly what it needs at any kind of in any moment. So it's breaking that like grind mentality that we've been thinking about in a sense. It's like, okay, like what do I need in this moment? So I, an example of this is, um, you know, I used to be really structured in my workout routines. Like Mondays was leg and shoulder days. Like Tuesday was back and um, chest days. And then I had five and try days. And then I had long run days. 
And no matter how I woke up feeling in the morning, I had to stick to the routine. And now I've shifted that perspective where I choose my exercise based on how I feel, like how rested do I feel? I use an aura ring and um, a heart rate variability um, app to measure, kind of get some biofeedback from my body to see how rested and recovered am I in the morning. And I'll tell you, like, sometimes those devices say that I look like a rock star, but I don't feel that way. I feel a little bit tired. So I'm going to choose lower intensity exercise for that day. Um, um, or if I feel great, yeah, then I'll go crush it at the gym because I feel great. And I like got a good night's sleep and I ate really well yesterday. Um, and it's just allowing yourself to like make those choices based on how your body feels. You know, if you've had a really long, stressful week, then maybe going out to get drinks with friends tomorrow is not the best thing that your body needs because it's already drained from a long and stressful week from the grind. Maybe you need to go to bed early and eat super clean this weekend to support like your recovery from all of that. Um, so it's just really like tuning into your body instead of trying to force and push the result, taking a step back. Cause the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So if you aren't getting the outcome that you want, then you probably need to change something about what it is that you're doing basically. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I said before is like, um, you can continue that investigation. You can always continue that. If it's not working, you can continue the investigation. But if it's not working, doing the same thing that you were doing when it wasn't working, like you said, does not make sense. <laughs> you need to you need to find something that you you need to change to adjust the plan um, to help you break the plateau or get to the next level or whatever you're trying to accomplish. All right, Jen, it's been a fantastic podcast and i think we could probably talk all day because we're on the same page so um we'll have to call it quits early but uh if the listeners would want to get a hold of you how could they contact you find out more information about yourself yeah i'm super active on instagram i share information all the time about the stuff that we've talked about today so you can find me on instagram at holistic health boss and holistic is with a w just like whole foods um also that's my website holistichealthboss.com and you can find me on facebook as holistic health boss as well too all right fantastic well thanks for coming on the podcast today and uh, we'll talk to you soon thanks for the great conversation i hope you enjoyed that episode with jen Jen is truly in the business of making the impossible possible, and there were many great points made throughout this interview. Jen talked about the importance of lab testing and how lab testing can help fill in the missing pieces to your health puzzle. She highlighted how important it is to find the correct food for you. She demonstrated how pushing your body is not always the correct answer. And we discussed how having health resources and information can give you more options and improve your results. Jen is another example of someone trying to be healthy by following traditional advice and it not working. Her desire to improve her health led to discovering a different way that she used to improve her health and now uses to improve the health of others. Like I have said multiple times on this podcast, if you are attempting to lose weight, improve your health, or overcome a health crisis and your condition seems not to be improving or even getting worse, you may want to try something different. My advice is to be open to new ideas and continue the search until you find something that works for you. And with that said, this is Coach Strick saying thanks for listening. And remember, when calories in and calories out doesn't work, that, my friend, is a calorie conundrum.
This podcast, including Coach Strick and guests, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects for the use of any information contained herein. Coach Strick and or guests may recommend products or services in which they have a direct or indirect financial interest. To find out more, please visit www.calorieconundrum.com. 